Welcome back to Cornbread, Crumpets, and Football Week 2. We're going to be covering Week 1 of the English Premier League, give you some feedback on that. But just a heads up, Adam and Joe will be joining us shortly. But for now, just myself and Luke. What's up, man? Hello. Yeah, I'm good. How are you? Good. Uh, not the best start for either of our clubs, but, you know, it's a long season. It's a long There's season. still, even I think even putting Liverpool and United oh. in the same breath at the moment is... It's still a stretch. Yeah, that's um, true. I would I would have taken a two all draw over a two one loss at home. So yeah, that's yeah, yeah. it stings. And it's got to sting. It's got to sting. And you know, the first two, you're down, you're down two nothing before you know it in the first half, and it's just got to have that feeling come back, like not not again type of feeling. So let me just give give me your thoughts on that game, watching that game, and your thought it's, process. It's, it's literally just the same shit, right? Yeah. Like it's, you know, you kind of, I said this in, in last week's episode, you can't look into preseason at all, but at the same time, it just looked, you know, if nothing else, that tempo was a bit better. I don't think you can take goals or anything like that into consideration too much, but it just looked like tempo was a bit better. And yeah, it just came, came to play in Brighton and it looked like nothing had changed and it was just the same United that finished the season, which is kind of scary. Um, and then moving on from that, you know, you 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 finished a really disappointing game because it wasn't even just the result. It was how poorly they played as well. Um, finished the game and then straight after that were kind of just linked to some outrageous transfers that makes no sense and are clearly panic buys. Yeah, uh, and it just shows the state of the club, and I actually um, really feel sorry for for Ten Hag because it's a situation that he's come into where he was probably promised a lot. He was probably promised that you know getting Diong and Timber and whoever else, and now we're at the part, point of the season where up until a couple of hours ago we're after an Altovich for eight million and Rabio for who I think might happen for fifteen. Uh, 15 million and it's just way off the pace of the, what the likes of even Tottenham are doing let alone Man City Liverpool Chelsea um, and even Arsenal so it's going to be a rough season I think and that's being pessimistic but they need to start investing otherwise it's, the gap's just going to get further and further um, yeah so yeah it's, well, it's pretty disappointing yeah I mean to be honest I was very very surprised with this outcome it, you know, it's just something that I didn't see coming at at home. And now there's this whole, is it just for the Liverpool game? They're saying to boycott Old Trafford. Are you hearing that? I've not seen too much. But the thing is, these rumors are all the time. Yeah. Like, not even rumors. Like, everyone's saying, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll protest, we'll do this, we'll do that. And it's usually just maybe 100 fans or something like that by the end of it. There's been the odd occasion where it's been like a mass thing. Yeah. But it's usually just been a couple of fans here and there. But I think United fans are just... I don't even know. I'm not even sure there's a word. They're just shit at the moment. Like, everyone's just bored of it. Um, really, out of every club, I'd say in the top six, maybe top seven now, United needed a good transfer window and a very strong rebuild, or at least like the foundations of a rebuild more than any other club. Um, and they've done the worst. And you go and look at Spurs, Spurs are already lining up transfers for next season. Um, mm -hmm. 
And that's the situation we need to be in. Everyone's kind of following now, apart from Chelsea, because Chelsea kind of do things their own way. Um, but the Man City and the Liverpool way of thinking, which is like genuinely really good scouting, finding players that are like coming up for the next step. They're not quite there yet, but like give them a couple seasons to, not a couple seasons, give them like a couple months to work their way into like a fully fleshed out team and they're going to turn up. And you know, they're still making stupid signings and they're just, yeah. Does that make sense? Like even no, does. you look at Diaz, um, Canate, you know, they're both ready for that next step up. Yeah. And they've come in learn, or learning the system and clearly fit. And United just not picked up on that. Maybe, maybe that's kind of what the likes of Martinez is going to do. Uh, but up until this point, there's not been a single transfer that's been made where it's like a very clear next step and seeing them kick on from that, fit the system and you kind of see a game plan grow with it. Maybe, I think for the first year, you could argue Bruno Fernandes was the only one to maybe break that mould. But even he's kind of fell into the same thing as everyone else where they just don't look to be given 100%. So, yeah, it's pretty pretty depressing, to be honest. Yeah, when Bruno first got there, he did make quite the immediate so good. impact. Yeah, that was... Yeah, it was... Because he... Everyone was saying, you know, even if he could have half the goal contributions that he had in the Portuguese league mm-hmm. in the Premier League. Like that would be a good return. And I remember he came in and just from like game one was getting a goal or assist um, a game. And you kind of knew how good he was at the time. The amount of people that were pissed off by it. Like everyone was hating on Fernandez if they were not a United fan. Um, yeah. And that's when you kind of know. Um, and then, yeah. And then I just, kind of fell into the same slump as everyone now as everyone else he's, his conversion rates dropped quite a bit and um yeah that's kind of where united are at i think that the the main thing is it's so clear you cannot play mctominay and you cannot play maguire like if they don't fix those issues before first september i think even like i think even seventh is like a stretch yeah yeah it's it's really bad like it's it's really bad well that's the that's the the hard part right you want to fish fix these issues but you don't want to have like a band-aid type of piece or like something that you just patch together and hope it works you know you, you hope that they that's have, what united does yeah you would hope they have some kind of idea to you know build but, this thing right you know with three weeks what are we now yeah three is it pretty much three weeks to the day until the end i think it pretty much is until the end of the transfer window and yeah they're now getting linked to players that um, they've not been linked to for the entirety of the of the transfer window, like Rabio and Altovich. Um, I think Milinkovic Savic is back into the mix. You know what happened to Deongs, Dumfries, all of these ple- people that we've been linked to for such a long time. All of a sudden, we're panicking and we're going and spending stupid money on players that have had no real scouting. And even so, the Altovich thing. Um, personally, I didn't want him at the club. I think it doesn't make sense to have a 33-year-old or 34-year-old striker coming in um, to, pl- to play in quite a, a fast-paced and high-pressing team. Um, but even just the way that, you know, United was so close to making this happen and then they saw that the fans weren't particularly behind it and ex-players weren't behind it and just dropped off. They have no faith in their ability to scout where they're kind of even just listening to what the fans want. Um which for 
a club as big as United, you'd think they'd have a bit more of a structure than that, where, you know, they go away and be like, this is the player we want. This is the player the manager wants. Let's mm-hmm. go get him regardless. If the manager wants him, you need to go and get him. Um, yeah. So it's it's a genuinely really scary time, and I'm not sure things can get better with the current owners. Well, you gotta you gotta think, you gotta imagine at least that they're going to sign someone before this market ends. Doesn't right? mean it's someone good, right? That's true. So let's see what they do and what happened to the Young thing. There was there were legs all over that the whole summer, and now so I I saw a thing, and I'm not sure how true it is, but apparently. Barcelona are threatening De Jong with legal action. No. Mm. Because I'm not sure. It's something to do with the current contract. It wasn't legally binding. I'm not too sure what it is. Um, so I won't kind of throw things around about bits that I don't understand. But apparently um, it's either he accepts his old contract and continues at Barcelona or something like that. Barcelona are threatening legal action to everyone involved. I think it's not just De Jong. I think it's the um like that whoever made the deal at Barcelona also kind of threatened with action as well. So I don't know what the situation is there. Apparently Chelsea are now in the mix to potentially sign him. Um so who who knows, honestly. Um if I was De Jong, I'd go nowhere near United, personally. Yeah, well, I don't know, man. I think they their name still carries some weight, still really early in the season, but this this Ronaldo thing is strange. What's gonna is happen? That too. Yeah, it's just it's weird. Like I, I really don't know. I think I think Ronaldo will stay. I don't I think he'll struggle to find um I think he'll struggle to find what he wants, which essentially is a is a club that is somewhat in contention for the Champions League, even if it's not maybe winning it, at least getting to maybe the quarters or the semi semifinals. Yeah. I think that's really important to him. So I'm not sure where he goes because every every team that I think are going to get to that level in the Champions League want something other than Ronaldo. They either want someone younger or they've got someone. So yeah. it's working that out. I think he'll stay for this season and maybe leave next season. But United have got so much shit to figure out. The last thing they want is to be looking for a Ronaldo replacement as well. Yeah, seriously. Well, I mean, hopefully it can work out to the best that it can. And if he stays, hopefully he finds a way to, you know, find his joy again because he just looks kind of miserable um, to be in a situation. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. He's such, obviously it's Ronaldo, but he's he's such a massive influence on the changing room. Like, as if you've got Ronaldo giving a shit, coming in week in, week out, like pushing it to the max, you're going to somewhat encourage people. But if you've got like your key player or player of the season last year, doesn't care, is unhappy, just wants to leave, it's not going to push the squad in the right direction, no matter how hard Ten Hag tries. Yeah, that makes things way more difficult. Yeah. So Yeah, it does. But, um, and then it's not nice when you kind of see, I mean, like I said, Tottenham, I think, are doing amazing stuff in the in the transfer. Richarlison's a weird one, but I think in general, as transfer windows go, I think they're in a very positive direction. Arsenal again. Um, Jesus and, and Zinchenko looked quite good on Friday. Um, so, so, so that's quite disappointing as a United fan. Um, Chelsea's still doing business or trying to get things over the line. Um, and then Haaland and... New Year to City and Liverpool, you know, already making 
impacts on first game of the season. So, yeah, it doesn't really get much worse for a United fan, to be honest. Um, it's pretty much everything you don't want to happen has happened in one weekend. Yeah, I mean, you do got to hand it to Spurs. They've done a quite a, a nice job getting this roster together for this season. I think they're they're way better than they were last year, and they have a great coach. So we'll see what they can put together for the whole season. For sure. Uh, How do you feel about Liverpool, though? Were you were you happy with what? You, I know it was a draw, but in general, <clears throat> were you kind of happy with what you saw? Or do you kind of think any worries? The the first half was worrying for sure. Uh, there was just no spark really but once Nunez came on it was very different I mean he yeah. he made pretty much an instant impact I think it was about 13 minutes and then he scored yeah. and then he was involved in the second goal too like he was right there and yeah. it was it was nice to see that him and Mo uh, you know both get goals in a short amount of time together so we'll see it just looked really stagnant without darwin like yeah I, it just looked bad and i know like i don't know you every team in this league can be anybody can be anybody really if they have a good game but yeah to have a team that just got promoted and then come and draw i saw some stat that no one's ever won the premier league after that happened if you draw to a team that just got promoted you don't in the first game then you, you don't win so we'll see if that stat means anything it's only one game so I truly yeah. don't think it's that big of a deal, but uh, there were there were some concerns and there were some some positives. That penalty was unfortunate. Like right when I, right when I saw it happen, I was like, "Well, that's a penalty. Like they're not going to take that away." And there were some people saying that it was really weak. It know. was a penalty. Yeah, it, you're going to call that. It very much was it. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I don't think many people can argue that's not a penalty. It really was. Um, but yeah, no, Fulham, Fulham played well, I thought. Yeah. But yeah, I think first half, Liverpool did take a while to get going. Um, I thought Nunes was very, very like um, insistent on wanting to score a flick goal. He tried a bit before. <laughs> yeah. And I think he missed or hit the bar or something like that. I can't remember. Um, obviously paid off the second time. But yeah, yeah. I mean, it, that that in itself just kind of shows confidence. Like if you screw something up, you're willing to give it a go again. Yeah. Um, especially in your first first match for your new club. So yeah, we'll see. But yeah, he looks good. Um I mean I I don't want to just go too crazy off of one game. You know, anything could happen, but at the same time, then people people see one game with Holland scoring two goals and they're like, Oh, he's gonna break the goal record, they're gonna win easily. And you know, that might happen, but I, I hate the overreaction from one week where people are already saying the league is over. Like I, I just hate that. It really annoys me. I mean, it's over for United. <laughs> no, <I'm joking. laughs> um, it never began. Um, yeah, I don't know. I do think, I do think on paper, live, uh, City are the stronger team. Yeah. Um, but who knows, right? It can. Uh, the other thing as well is Haaland does pick up a knock or an injury, and that comes at the wrong time. You know, I know City can get goals from anywhere. I'm not disputing that, but I think if that comes at the wrong time. Um, Liverpool could, you know, very much seize the opportunity and stuff like that. So, so long old season. So, yeah, we'll, we'll panic here unless you're a United fan. Then, by all means, panic. Yeah, I, I mean, listen, it's just, it's, it's, it's gonna happen, especially if, especially if it's the first week and like the guy that everybody was so excited has two goals and looks pretty dominant. But 
you know, how good is West Ham really? And it's just one game. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. But yeah, it, it, it does get, it is kind of funny. Like you get so excited, but then immediately once the season starts, the same things that annoyed you with like all the toxic fans immediately annoy you like right away. And it's yeah. like, Oh, I forgot to have to deal with all this. That's the, yeah. that's the annoying part. But, but Hey man, I'm, I'm super excited that it's back. And it was, it was a really fun first, first weekend, you know, we'll, we'll have to wait and see, but who was your biggest surprise? Was any team like, Oh, that was, that was pretty Do you know what I thought. Cause I obviously I watched the, the Arsenal game on, on Friday yeah, and I, I thought Jesus had some really good moments. There was one where he pretty much skipped his way through the box, maybe should have scored. Um, he looked, again, it's, it's difficult though, right? Because it's the first game of the season, but he looked good. I thought Zinchenko looked all right as well. Um, so yeah, Arsenal Arsenal look look up for it. They look quite energetic. Um, that was that was surprising. And also, I guess Fulham with, with Liverpool too, I thought they really held their own and... Yeah, did well to to come away with draw. So they were probably my two biggest surprises, other than obviously Brighton, but we talked about that enough and I could be spared the pain. Um <laughs> but yeah, I think I think um Fulham and, and Arsenal are probably the two big ones for me. I need to ask Joe about this and maybe you have an opinion too, with with Arsenal now having Zinchenko and they have Kieran Tierney also in that spot and left back. What do they end up trying to play them both at once? Kind of what Man City did with uh Cancelo and Kyle Walker. Like, is that going to happen, or do you think it's just eventually uh Tierney, I guess, would get moved in this uh situation? I don't know. Um, I think it's a positive situation to have, right? Even if they're both mm. fighting for left back, it's good to have competition, yeah. Um, but I don't know, that's a good question. Joe will probably be better suited to answer that i can't i mean i don't know enough about arsenal to really say if tierney moves to the right or if they push him on or whatever it might be um but i'm sure we'll see soon enough there's also a lot of games in the season right i'm sure they can do a heavy yeah. rotation so yeah i mean it's a, like, yeah. it's, it's a good problem to have but i was just curious because you know i look at him as one of the rising talents and then all of a sudden now he's got position tierney ha- has got a a position battle on his hands so it's just it just made me think like hmm i wonder if they're planning to use them both or if maybe they were worried about tyranny or or, or what or maybe they just had the had the chance to get Zinchenko and they said hey let's go for it you know that's also possible so i don't know yeah yeah, yeah. maybe it was like uh let's just go and get as many city players as we can get yeah. the thing is as well is um arteta's obviously worked with these players before right so right. it's it's buying players that are Premier League proven, have played at the highest level, you know, Champions League, but both obviously been part of a, a league winning team. Um, and they get they were gettable players that he's worked with and ticked a lot of boxes. So I think that comes into it too. Um, and again, it's a long season. You never know who's going to get injured. And Zinchenko, I believe, is quite a versatile player. You can play. He's played, he's played number six before, right? Or am I losing my mind? Um... I, thought, I think he may have. Or centre but... back. He's played like a different position to left back. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, so there's that too, right? Like it's it's good to have. It's good to have options. All right. Now speaking of surprises, I'm going to talk about one in the other direction. Uh, 
Aston Villa, man, they did not look nearly as competent as I imagined them to look. I was actually quite surprised seeing them play so poorly. I mean, they didn't have a chance in that game. It I don't was... think they've reached full fitness. Yeah, that's that's. They don't funny. look ready. That ready, sorry, they don't look ready. Um, so, but even because I think United played them in preseason and United were further along fitness wise i think they had an extra two games under their belt for preseason so i think villa could be maybe two weeks behind the curve okay um, in terms of fitness okay that's fair because yeah they just did not look good and i was no. surprised like bournemouth i didn't really think would give them that much trouble and i was really surprised that they owned that entire game like yeah, yeah, yeah villa didn't stand a chance it was uh it was yeah a little a little surprising and then i think the more boring game of the week had to be Chelsea Everton, huh? Yeah, yeah, I expected more from that actually. Um, yeah. Do you I think? think what to... Do you think that is just a bad Everton team, or do you think they they made Chelsea struggle because a lot of people think they should have won more than one nothing based on? when they scored that first goal, it was like nine minutes deep into extra time or something crazy like that. And the opportunities that they had that they couldn't finish. I think both teams are in a rocky, rocky place at the moment. Yeah. Um, Chelsea should, should have got more out of that game. I think. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, it just didn't seem comfortable. It really didn't. And then afterwards, somebody like Mason Mount, not a defenseman, someone, maybe Kai Havertz, and he said, uh, clean sheet, three points. And somebody was making fun of him, like, he's talking like a center back. <laughs> Just like, yeah. that is pretty funny to uh, yeah. to talk about that. But it is a big thing. Ultimately, the the scrappy games or the games where you don't play your best, but you still walk away with a 1-0 or or whatever ultimately the games that win you a league so mm-hmm. not saying that Chelsea are going to win the league um but you know if you can play shit and walk away with three points and a clean sheet you're going to take it so I kind of understand where he's coming from yeah, yeah. um but again need to get their shit together I think Chelsea's another team not quite as bad obviously as the situation as United but needs to make some signings pretty quick um I think they've been linked to Aubameyang so Oh, Maybe yeah? that kind of fixed them. Well, Werner's left. Um, he's gone back to Leipzig, so they're in need of a striker. Apparently, Aubameyang is kind of like top of that list, which from, I think for a Chelsea team at the moment is probably not the worst option. It's playing it quite safe. Um, he's playing in the Premier League, obviously, for Arsenal. So, yeah, surplus the requirements uh, at Barcelona. Now they've got Lewandowski. I think it makes sense, and they'll probably get him for a decent decent price as well so we'll see what happens there but yeah i always kind of liked his style of play i know he's getting up there and in, in, uh kind of losing a step or two but i i had some fun watching watching him play back in back in his glory time when he was scoring yeah. loads of goals he's just dynamic fun to watch but um yeah oh, oh like somebody has to shout out oh what'd you say no i was just gonna say his first couple of seasons at arsenal were well, good, and obviously at Dortmund, he was great. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so shout out to my boy, Brendan Aronson. Great game. He set up a goal yep. that was uh, an own goal, but uh, the play he made on that ball was very, very athletic, and I was super happy for him. I thought he played 
uh, unintimidated, and he showed that he's here to play. So that was uh, that was a big step for him. You know, I mean, he was he was in the MLS only two and a half years ago, and yeah. now he's already in the Premier League and showing he's there to play. So I'm I'm happy to see that. That's that's huge for American soccer. That is very very yeah. big. So. We'll see. Yeah, I actually, I, I missed that game. Oh, did uh, you? What so what God, what game that was? It was uh, uh who did they play? I have to look it up. They played uh Wolves. Yeah, they won they won two two to one. I missed that game. So we don't have I think it was a three o'clock kickoff. So we don't have three three o'clock yeah, we don't have the three o'clock game games in the UK. Ah, oh, that stinks. Uh, so we can only check the results or watch the highlights. We we yeah, it's weird. Um, so we don't have those. Um, but yeah, I was going to ask how you thought you did. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, it was it was really exciting, man, for a guy that I've seen play with my own eyes to starting and playing the entire game and essentially having the winning goal even though it was an own goal but if yeah. if you're playing ice if you're playing ice hockey that's that's his goal they 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 give the goal to whoever touched the ball or the puck last so yeah in a different sport that's his goal and he played really well man and he arrived from uh FC Salzburg for 30 million so he got sold from the union for 5 million and then about that's a year later decent return yeah then he gets sold for 30 so that's uh they made six times their money in about a year and yeah, you got to give it to them. That's sound business. And you're seeing players come from Salzburg. So obviously they know what they're doing with their scouting. They're doing a good job. Salzburg and, and Leipzig, obviously both owned by Red Bull. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had a, obviously Nabi Keita came from there, who's yep. maybe not lived up to quite what everyone hoped at Liverpool, but still been um, a decent player. Obviously Timo Werner came through. Um wasn't Harland at Salzburg? Yeah. Am I losing yeah. my mind? Harland oh, came yeah, it through. Was. Um, obviously, uh, Shesko, Seshko, Seshko, that player who's now gone to Leipzig, um, obviously came through from Salzburg. So, yeah, they've uh, they've picked up picked up some decent people. Um, but I do think for, for Aronson that um, even though the goal was not given to him, I think it would do a lot for his confidence. Yeah, me too. I know. That was, uh, yeah, it was exciting to see that. All right, so Joe has joined us. How's it going, guys? You made it for the last uh, maybe 10, 10 minutes or so. We'll, we'll see, but uh, there's per- perfect timing, actually, Joe. There's something I wanted to ask you that Luke and I were talking about. Arsenal, first off, what were your thoughts on the game, man? You guys won? Oh, what were your thoughts? Um, we looked so fresh, and it, it was great to see. We looked so, so fresh. It looked like a completely different Arsenal side. You can see... Right off the bat, how Zinchenko, Gabriel Jesus have come into that side and they've completely transformed the way that we play. I think we also had a lot of good highlighted performances as well from our legacy players. I think Gabriel had a good game at the back. I think Xhaka had a decent game. Uh, I Saliba know that well. Saliba had an amazing, amazing debut. That. Incredible. He got man of the yeah. match as well. He's really good. I think he broke some actual records as well for an Arsenal debut for a defender as well. Um, yeah, we look great. We look great. How did you think we looked? I think you look good, but that 
made me come up with a question. I I think I told you guys last year that I'm, I'm a majority of my heritage is Scottish. So I kind of root for the Scottish soccer team, football team, whatever. And, you know, when I saw Tierney coming up and he was learning under Andy Robertson, I, I had an eye on him. And then when he went to Arsenal, I was like, oh, that stinks. He, but I'm, I'm happy for him type of thing. So is he now fighting for a job or are they going to attempt to play Zinchenko along with Thierry at the same time? Or is there going to be a position change or what do you think is going to happen there? So with the full backs at Arsenal at the moment, there's a lot of choice at the moment, right? The only problem with Tierney is his fitness. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen the All or Nothing documentary that's just come out. The first three episodes are out at the moment on Arsenal. It's on Amazon video. Um, it, you can see that Tierney, he's suffered with injuries his whole career. And I really don't want it to go down the same path as other Arsenal players like Wilshire, for example, completely riddled with injuries, destroyed his career. Because as you said, yeah, Tierney's a great player. He's on the back of my Arsenal away shirt. He's a great player. He's probably one of my favourite players in that Arsenal squad. Um, fighting for his place, mm, I'm not sure because the thing is with Zinchenko is that he can play in midfield. And I think the way that he'll be able to interchange and the way that um, Arteta will be able to interchange the different players, uh, I think competition's healthy at Arsenal at the moment. And it's not as toxic as what it's been in the past. All right, cool. And Luke, that's basically what what you were thinking then. That's basically what what he yeah, said. Yeah, I just I I I, I kind of said that I wasn't sure if he played a number six before. Um, but yeah, if he's played midfield, then it should be. Zinchenko's be preferred fun. position is actually midfield, and well, he plays go. it for he plays it for Ukraine. So he 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 told Arteta when he came in. Apparently, obviously, I don't know Arteta or Zinchenko in person. But really? um, yeah, yeah, really. Uh, but Zinchenko actually apparently said to Arteta that he wants to play there as much as possible. But he he looked great. He looked angry as well. When looking at him on the pitch, he had this resting bitch face the whole time. He looked proper, <laughs> proper angry. Great. Hey man, you guys got to be excited. That was a good game. It was a good game. So it's uh you know stark contrast from how you started last year, and it's it's got to be exciting. You guys got to. Nice roster, competing. So we'll see what happens. There's a lot um, of competition, though. That's the only bad thing. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, Adam. What, Hello. You, welcome, man. What were your thoughts on the draw? Uh, um, obviously, I was at the game. Um, yep. So, you know, first, Which is first awesome. day. Of, yeah, first day of the season. Um my uncle's a, a Fulham fan, so he has a season ticket. So I'd sit in the Fulham end, but it's not the it's not the most raucous of crowds. Although it was on Saturday because of their performance, a uh, bit reminiscent to Arsenal Brentford first game of the season last season, where you have this newly promoted team that come with all this energy, and you know first half especially. I mean, we got into it for 10 minutes really but we we were shocking we just couldn't control the midfield and we couldn't string passes together we had a few good attacks um Mitch Rich played really well um I mean when you look at looking at I don't like to say looking at the XG but Fulham didn't have too many chances but they converted them um although you know the one positive I'll take or two positives we didn't lose the game but the other positive is when Nunes come on my god he made a massive difference yeah. Um. He he already looks like I think Klopp was going to bed him in, but I think after that performance, then after he come on, he's known that he's got to start him now. 
Yeah. Um, not not only did it three, well, two things happened. Nunes come on, and although I'm gutted, Tiago come off. It looks like he's going to be out for a few weeks, injured. However, then Harvey Elliott come on, and we started to feed Salah the ball a lot more. Where we weren't doing that in the first half, Salah started to open up the space get in behind and then Nunes just every ball that was in the box he he was fighting for it he was winning the balls where he was going for goal trying to get an assist and yeah I just think he's going to be a massive a massive game changer but it's two points dropped and when you lose you know in the last what four or five years we've lost the league by one or two points like three times you can't have that you know it's games like this that lose you the league I know you can't lose the league in game in the first game week but that is quite frustrating. And I think the players know that because, I mean, the reaction, um, I'm not sure if they showed it on TV being at the stadium. I mean, the reaction after players were on the floor nearly crying like they lost a final because they know that when you're up against a juggernaut that is Man City and Man City with Haaland, you know that even dropping two points in the first week of the Premier League is, you know, crucial. So look forward to the bounce back, though, first game at Anfield on Monday. Yeah. Yeah, it's exciting. Were you were you on the side that he scored his first goal, Nunez? Were you right yeah, there? Yeah, yeah, I was. Oh. Uh, me and my uncle, we 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 nudged each other. We couldn't go too mad. There's quite there was quite a few Liverpool fans within within the Fulham Fulham crowd. Um, you you could tell, but um, yeah, was was although was sat actually right below uh Billy Hogan, who's the the Liverpool CEO. So he was there. Um, nice. Tried to get a message to him to get the wallet out and buy us a midfielder because <laughs> our midfield at the moment we've got injuries, injuries galore, and it's something I love about Klopp and and like FSG that we wait for the right player, but it's also a bit frustrating because that they want Bellingham, they know they're gonna have to wait till next year. But you know, if reports that are coming out from trusted journalists are true, next season the Ox, Milner, and Cater unless they can agree a contract, we're all going to go on a, on, on a free. So, you know, we don't just need one midfielder. We need another two or three. And mm-hmm. I think if, but trusting Klopp, I trust Klopp. Hey, what else can we do at this point, right? What else can we do? But Random uh, uh, stat about Liverpool quickly. Yeah. I just read something. They actually, after the game week one, have the oldest squad in the Premier League. The, whole, the oldest first eleven. The- Wow. The midfield, yeah, we we've got quite, we have got quite a few young players that are that aren't, you know, st- you know, uh, Jota, Diaz, uh, Carvalho, Elliot, Canati, Trent are all young, but that nucleus of the midfield that that plays that starts every week, Henderson, Thiago, and um, Fabinho, they you know they are in their uh, early thirties, and I think that is one thing that is becoming a bit apparent. You can see that they are all slightly older because you know the Liverpool of old of three years ago when these players, before we had to, when these players were in their late 20s full of energy is that we would shock teams in the first 20 minutes. We don't do that anymore. And it's quite worrying in a sense that quite a few times last season, it took us, you know, going a goal down to then jolt start um, our team. So aside from Bellingham, who would you, who's your ideal signing for next, next summer? If we can't get Bellingham, the one player... No, 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 I'm, alongside. Oh, well. alongside. Oh, well, you if, said if you're going to need... Yeah. If, okay, if so I'm let's living... say Bellingham is your, like, marquee signing. Yeah. You've got two other two other spots to make up. Who's that one or two players you'd, you'd go for? Um, I'm looking point? at, and from watching Serie A last season and then watching Italy in the Euros, I'd love us to get Barella. I think he's a great player. Without, without swearing, I, I love him. 
Um, and, he, and he's a he's a Klopp sort of player as well. He's got that tenacity, that high energy. So so there's him. And then looking elsewhere, maybe of of some some strewed signings. The one player I'd probably like us to go after in midfield, probably I'd like to test the waters. And I can't believe I'm going to say this. I'd love to test Chelsea with Mount. Honestly, I think if if Klopp could get hold of a player like Mount, and it's what Liverpool are missing. They they don't have that sort of player. Whether it's box to box with Bellingham or Barella or or Mount, who's slightly more advanced. We we never replaced Coutinho. Is mm. the issue possibly with Carvalho? He might be able to, but. Klopp has already said because of his age, he's going to play in a multitude of positions this season. So someone like Mount as well, uh, coming in, I'd, I'd love us to see if we could get him from Chelsea. That's interesting. Yeah. I didn't even think of that. But yeah, I wouldn't mind having him. <laughs> and it'd be nice for us to do it for once because we always used to get our players poached from Chelsea and it'd be nice to take one of theirs. I think, to be honest, I would have, if if the r- rumours are true in Leipzig, who have just bought Werner, if it is for 20 million, I mean... I would have loved us to have bought buy him because there is a good player there. I don't know why United didn't look at him for twenty million. Don't, Honestly, don't. there's there's don't. a good player there that just needs a bit of love. Are you saying don't in not sign him or don't don't as they in, just don't go there? Just, they, they are, no, it's the fact that United have missed like this window alone. So many potential deals because it's the whole focus on De Jong and they're not going to get De Jong. Like so many opportunities have been missed. What I will say though about United is is Rabio isn't as disastrous as, as as some people are making out. I mean, you know, when you look one, when you look at his age, he's twenty seven. That is a good good age. That is um, you know, coming in into your prime. But also at the same time McTominay. He is he's an improved McTominay. He is I mean, that's not hard to be, but he's an improved no. McTominay. He is physical. When you look at his stats, they're not the great, but you've got to look sometimes past stats. He would improve the team. And, you know, he he gets picked, apart from the controversies, he gets picked by France. He played 45 games last season for Juventus. I know Juventus were in transition and weren't great, but you don't play 45 games for Juventus if you're absolute dog shit. So there how is... much how much was he? It was like 50 million, I think the bid is from United or something. I think Juventus are looking at about 20 million because he's only got a year left. So he's on a free next year. Yeah. Um, so it's not breaking the bank like they should no I don't think it completely I'm going to go back to De Jong I don't think it completely shuts that off um, no he's but a United different player need, to De Jong. yeah for sure but United still need at least another midfielder yeah probably an attacker the only issue with the two players that have been mentioned and again Anatovic when when he was at West Ham when he was at Stoke I hated playing against him because he was brilliant the only problem with these two players is, is the attitude and the controversy. Rabio's mum, who's his agent, has caused more problems at every club he's been at. That would be the issue, bringing another toxic player into the dressing room. But, Ten Hag, oh, you know, I think it, Ten Hag must have some interest in him. Because again... I'm, I'm, oh no, I disagree. You don't, you don't think so? Oh. I think this is complete panic. Mm, hmm. I don't think so. I think I was trying to get players in to have a decent starting lineup going into the season rather he's, than going he's on a. probably looked at McTominay and Fred against Brighton and thought, I cannot go the rest of the season with these two in my starting lineup. I need someone. So I think it's an element of panic of just get me, whoever the fuck is available. Sorry for swearing. Whoever's available. Um, 
and bring them in now. I I genuinely believe if watching McTominay, if you didn't know who he was, you took the like the badge off him and just put him in a plain shirt against Brighton, could have been a League One player. Mm-hmm. I don't think Fred, I don't I don't think Fred's a bad player. I don't Fred's think he's not. gonna take you guys to the next level. But I think the problem that you guys are, and this is literally the second podcast today that I've done where I've called him out, Harry Maguire. Well, I said that Di- to, to Dan earlier. Diabolical yeah, performance. And I don't mean to pick on someone, but he is a professional footballer. He's paid see... a lot of money. Did and you just... he go Sorry, on. Go on. I was just gonna say with Maguire. I watched the highlights and I know it was only highlights. It wasn't a full game, but the two goals that Brighton scored, he was literally in the middle of nowhere, just, just running and then walking. He does this thing where he runs. He's like telling people what to do, but he's in his own world. I don't know what he's doing. He also lined up on the wrong side of the tunnel. Yeah. I saw that. I saw that. I saw that. That wasn't his fault. Uh, no, no. But on the on the pitch, he's diabolical, and I think if you can fix Maguire, you could probably start to move up the midfield and fix so it further. I think I think by the end of the season, we'll see uh, Martinez and Lindelof line up. I think that'll be the starting line. I, I think the midfield's more important. You can you Me can too. you can cover for a bad defender, yeah, with a with a good backline with a, with three other good players. Yeah, it won't win you the league, but you can cover for it. It's, it's the midfield that that you looked at and thought that is where United. And the attack to an extent, but it was the midfield that really showed the the the, the inequalities that United have at the moment. Okay, that's going to do it for week two of Cornbread, Crumpets, and Football. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you got any topics you want us to cover, just hit us up on social media. We got more pages coming, but for now, just hit us up at Scene Invaders. And you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. So that, that's the easiest way to talk to us for sure. But uh, yeah, lots more to come new segment ideas, new show ideas, and of course covering as much as many games as as possible that we can cover all year long. So fellas, have a good week. Good luck to everybody's teams. Uh, Man U is going to win this week, Luke. Absolutely not. See you later. Catch you guys.